Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the USL show sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, your home for men's and women's national team USL and MLS scarves, as well as custom scarves for your club or personal use. Check them out roughneckscarves.com this podcast is also produced by the beautiful game network of podcasts which we're very proud to be a part of check the whole network out at bgn.fm as well as on twitter at the bgnfm hey mike how many podcasts are on that network now a lot um a lot that's fair. i think yeah i think the last count was 20 and that may or may not be giving away some news that's coming up <laughs> so we're, hey, we're so gonna... to prevent you from giving away that news let me talk about the newest member of the, yeah, of, do that. the of the family <laughs> it's uh it's foxtrot pod and they cover fresno and they're lovely people it's two dudes and amy mm-hmm. um which is what i'm referring to them until the end of time <laughs> um and yeah so they cover fresno things what i want everyone to do on the twitter is go follow them because right now they're at like 83 followers. And I think it'd be kind of cool if we could help them get to 100 by like the end of the week. That would be neat. So let's do that. Let's try to do that. Um, yeah, at Foxtrot Pod on the Twitters. And you can find them all over the place uh, at, well, with that same name, Foxtrot Pod. Also send them an email. I think they're a Gmail. So go listen to those guys. It's really good stuff. They uh, ship calf a fanfic if you're really into that, which is never a sentence I thought I'd say on a podcast. And I've said some weird sentences on a podcast. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm your host, as always, or as most weeks, Evan Valala, joined sometimes by my soccer colleagues, sometimes by my soccer acquaintances, but they're always my soccer friends. And for the next hour or so, I will be your moderator, host, or maybe even your facilitator of the discussion of uh, week seven of the USL season. Uh, joining me this week, just because you heard him first, it is the godfather of the BGN network. He's from Mongols. He's uh, your favorite dad. It's Mike Sparks. What? Huh? What? Yeah, your favorite that, dad. What yeah, you it's your favorite. About? It's your favorite dad, except for you, because you can't be your own father unless your dad's name is also Mike Sparks. No, it is you. not. It is not. Avoided <laughs> uh, a lot of confusion in my household growing up. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I'm 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 happy to be here. Uh, happy to put down my phone and get off of the uh, the Twitter war that I was waging earlier with FC <laughs> yeah. Cincinnati fans. Um, yeah, no, there's so many of them. How did you fight all three million nine hundred seventy-two thousand four hundred and thirty-seven of them at one time, Mike? Twenty-five thousand. Twenty-five thousand. That's right, all you need right. to know. Um, they like their Twitter wars. They do. <laughs> they do. And honestly, it's it's you know it's all in good fun. Um, I have we have we at Mongols have nothing but the utmost respect for the guys at Cincy Soccer Talk. Um, you know, Brian, Boston, all of them, and we've talked in DMs back and forth, even through all of this, and it's all just it's it's a lot of fun. So. Yeah, the other voice you might have just heard. Uh, he's basically the best parts of Chuck Palahniuk and Elliot Smith. That is Big Kev, Kevin McCamish. What up? How's it going, Kev? Uh, not too bad. That's good. That's good. It's a gloriously sunny day in Portland, where it's uh, just almost eighty. That's my favorite TV show. So <laughs> it's, it's almost eighty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost eighty in Portland. That's such a good show. <laughs> Um, that's, that's totally what it, anyway. Oh, this is going to go forever. It's the waviest man, the same list, metropolitan area, the cream in your Irish coffee. It is Phil Grimm's. Hello, hello. Phil, what's up? How's it going? You keeping it wavy? Keeping it wavy. Doing my best. That's St. Louis is keeping it wavy. It's making it easy. It's true. It's true. It's always easier to keep it wavy when your team's keeping it wavy, you know, keep it on the same energy levels, things like that. Uh, it is the USL stats department, the man who puts the show in show notes, our international correspondent for another uh, four weeks right now. Good morning from Glasgow. Even when when you're back, can you just keep saying that? 
<laughs> like if I didn't ruin the illusion every week that you're like not actually in Glasgow anymore, can we just I'm keep saying Glasgow good morning for, from Glasgow? I'm still in Glasgow for four more weeks, and I did something today that I probably I don't know how I managed to do it. I was making an oven baked pizza, and I managed to both over and undercook it at the same time. Mm. Good. Burned on was... soggy on bottom. Yeah, there we go. That's my autobiography. Can you not give out that name so easily? <laughs> please please that was very rude no. up my book anyway. i i have learned more in like the past three minutes of being on this show than i ever thought i would uh this evening so yeah thank you mike, all mike really what these invitations to come on the usl show are just you know trap cards for people yeah. to be stuck here for an hour and a half and let's talk it's all just a vanity project for me if I'm honest that's why we're all here yeah <laughs> It is. It is. We're, we're you know, my manual. fragile self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, news around uh, around the the United Soccer League and things. Uh, the big one is uh, well, Swope Park Rangers are playing all their remaining home matches at Children's Mercy Park, which is not a hospital park. It is where the first team plays. Hallelujah! It's all time. It's not often that uh, Peter Vermes listens to a podcast and uh, listens to a rant and decides that that person <laughs> is correct and then makes news happen because of uh, what I said, basically, is what I'm saying. Did I mention this is a vanity project? Are, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> if anyone's questioning the ability, uh, like the USL shows, like influence and reach in a league, uh, there, there's your answer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, so we might have made the right choice. Yeah, we're we're basically like Instagram famous, but but through a podcast and like we we're basically in the pocket of not only just USL now, which is a which is a criticism. I'm surprised more people haven't levied at us, but also of MLS. So um, I can't wait to root for the Austin crew next year. Anyway, um, speaking <laughs> speaking of the Columbus Crew, uh, Sports Illustrated uh, brought up um, that Bethlehem Steel were going to play in Russia. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, that uh, the the most ambitious MLS rankings. Um, so let's do it for you know the independent clubs in USL, I guess. So guys, who is the most ambitious? And by ambitious, I mean who has the most attendance. <laughs> in US Nashville. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty four thousand nine hundred and ninety nine. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> because that's America, right? You always gotta drop it by one. Right. You sell people on that. Right. You gotta hit them with the under and then you know, well you, you hit them with the over and then you come back a little lower, you know. <laughs> Plus tax. <laughs> So it's actually it actually works out to twenty five thousand seventy five <laughs> after Cincinnati gets their six percent or whatever they take, you know. But wait, there's more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> act now and we'll throw streamers in Wiggle. There you go, and they will get upset because paper can hurt you. So wait, hold on. For for somebody yeah. who does not actually pay attention to MLS, just because. I thought you were going to say USL and I was going to lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why would we like, yes, Where am I? Why is this not car talk? Um, no. Um, what is this ambitious number that you're talking about, Evan? Uh, it's a number it pulled a, out of SI, SI's ass. 
Pretty much, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, from the people that brought you the Rochester Rhinos are fine and, and Bethlehem are going to dissolve, now mm. comes um, this ambition ranking, which doesn't mean a, a ton because how do you quantify ambition? Ryan, what what did they choose? What was their top ranking? Most of the time, there it just seemed like it was just based off of like basic power ranking. I'm going back through the um, article right now, and it's just talking about where they think the club is headed towards. There wasn't like any metric behind it. They were just like more of just ranking the outlook of the team. Like if you look all the way down at um, Columbus Crew down at the bottom, it was completely subjective, and definitely it had valid points. Austin Hine basically saying, and if since pre-court has given up, he. Since pre-court has given up, that he is basically, um, and it, run up into the ground. Yeah, it would basically put him in last place, but there was like no metric that I saw behind it. Gotcha. It's whoever it's whoever spends the most money. So yeah, pretty it, much. It in, in the West, in the West it goes LASC, and then down from there, and then the other side we start probably the East starts at Toronto and goes Atlanta. You know. Interesting. I could almost probably just predict the ambition rankings based on the teams, uh, how much money they just, they they spend every year. Mm. Funny how that might work out. Oh my god. Exactly. Maybe. So if that's the case, then how do we do a similar ranking for the USL? I would say instead of the independent clubs, look at the MLS two teams on what their ambition would be for off the field. Like mm-hmm. if they completely ignoring their on field performance. Who would be the most ambitious off the field MLS two sides? So that would be who's who's actually trying to kind of or like who's signing guys the first team deals? Mm, that would be a good one to add in there. I don't think that's what people would think first. First off, for ambition, yeah, yeah, that would just be kind of. It would I still be know, difficult like, to unquote, try and results. compare MLS two teams' ambition to independent sides' ambition. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you could. You could do independent sides ambition and maybe uh, second team's synergy with their first team. Mm. How about that? Like synergy that. rankings. I like that. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have to work on that. Sporting Kansas City just bumped up a couple of notches by going back to the main park. It's true. It's true. We should probably do an article, like two article versions, one with Pony and Ryan that kind of has some kind of actual method actual, actual metric to it. But then like the rest of us make one that has absolutely no method to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why you come up with the rankings. I found it at the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> yeah. If we're going for like most ambitious, just in terms of off the field, it's, I mean, it's, Vegas is far and away first, right? Yeah. <laughs> for real. <laughs> like that's, that's it. Uh, and then the other news uh, and our, our dear friends, at uh, at sock takes who seem to break everything wide open said that uh usl and usl d3 are maybe gonna rebrand not in not in league name but in in uh i don't know like after names so they have apparently are they are attempting to or in the process of trademarking um championship and league one and i think league two right Taking a very uh, uh, English Football League Championship kind of vibe, which is not a bad idea, because um, I'm sure that's who they're kind of maybe not looking the model after, because I think they want more consistency top to bottom in terms of quality of play. Um, but I, I think in terms of like, 
I don't, especially in in recent years with uh, the ownership slash lawsuit that shall not be named, the division label has gotten really dirty. So I think kind of weaning off of that isn't a bad idea. Um, but we'll, we'll see. But uh, but shout outs to Nipun and um, the guys at Soccer and Sweet Tea for doing some digging and uh, and finding some possible trademarks coming down the pipes. Cool. I mean, I think that this, we keep joking about, uh, you know, do we think USL is ever going to try to take on MLS? Um, I don't know, but I think trying to call yourself League One when you're Division Two is that sort of misleading thing that casual fans are not going to catch on to. And they're mm-hmm. just going to, oh, it's, it's USL League One. What's the difference between that and MLS? And USL fans are gonna be like nothing. They're they're both they're both great. Yeah. Um, right, right. And well, uh, just wait until MLS rebrands to the major league premiership or something. <laughs> that Barkley Barkley's major league soccer. Ooh, good. It's one louder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that the other thing to notice that you know I think I even asked Jake Edwards about it when I talked to him over the summer was that I think there were four names listed. Mm-hmm. in that soccer and sweet tea when they broke that a long time ago if i'm not mistaken so yeah that's another reason where you're like are you going to try to take on mls because we can see a division two a three and a four in usl but and i i think one. another thing that you do as well is you just apply for copyrights for things that you don't know to throw people like us hello um off of the trail a little bit and that well it could be any of these four things so you know let's pretend like all of them are valid, but maybe there isn't really any um, desire to have USL championship be a thing. Maybe they're just going for USL league one, league two and, you know, league three or whatever. But not only that, but why not have your bases? If you can pull it off someday, or that's your ultimate goal, you could reach that. You have, yeah, but I don't think anyone's going to come and swipe that copyright from you. You know what I mean? Like I know there's obviously it'll expire after however many months or whatever, but then, you know, if that goes up, I don't think anyone's going to like steal your domain name, so to speak. And, and, pop, Oh, well I'll just sit on USL championship for like four years. Cause who knows, you know? Hey, I also don't think the USL is like Apple. Like where Apple's just like we're gonna patent everything. Like I think the USL doesn't have the resources yeah. uh, and potentially not the savvy to do that. Um, maybe they do. Maybe I'm just not giving them enough credit. But um, yeah, I like it. Fair enough, guys. There was games that happened. And Ryan, to steal a, a clip from your show notes, the last. Uh, this is a bunch of last minute goals. This week, seven, in fact, past the 86 minute with six of them tying a match or winning it, which included um, that that Carlton Belmar Phoenix Rising show that happens where those two teams put on a really I don't want to call it in a, like a, a clinic because I don't think it was necessarily the prettiest soccer I've ever seen. But it was a it was a shootout. That was a fun one. It was fun. Um, but hey, speaking of not fun things that happened, Toronto FC 2 nil, North Carolina FC nil, which meant the Junior Reds scored exactly zero goals and North Carolina FC scored exactly zero goals. Not liking how North Carolina plays away. I was yeah. on liking North Carolina and not liking Indy 11. And to me, they're starting to kind of morph into the exact same kind of team. Mm-hmm. One I'm enjoying watching as of late, at least. Um, 
So yeah, North Carolina, I, I thought they looked great at the beginning. I'm, I'm not liking them as much lately, but maybe they're just on a downturn. I mean, they were outshot by Toronto in this match, 17 to nine and 42 in shots on target and Toronto who had 36 clearances, but North Carolina led in possession for this match with 57%. So it just seemed like it just wasn't their night. And it almost, it probably should have had no, no written all over it. Well, and, and actually I wanted to say, uh, this is the first extensive game I've watched with Toronto, but their individual players actually were looking pretty good, especially mm -hmm. in the attack. Um, I, I think maybe they're just putting something together or they just had a really good game and, and the nil nil might still be all the best they can do perhaps. But I really liked what I saw from a lot of their young attackers in that game. I think they're on the upturn rather than downturn. Best team in Canada at the moment. Oh, really? Oh, For God. USL. They sure are? Oh, no. Huh. Is that? Oh, no. There's something to hang your hat on. Oh, man. Yeah, if no one knows the context for that, that sounds great. But um, there's two. Right, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> um, there's three, but yeah, they're the best. Anyway, um, hey, Kev, Portland Timbers 2 3, uh, RGVFC 2. Yep. You get by with a little help from your first team friends. Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, the people, the guys that actually played, I mean, they haven't really put together uh, hardly any minutes with mm -hmm. the first team, so I don't know if you really want to call them first-team players. Players who are, have first-team contracts and on down, yes. There you go, yeah. So that's mm -hmm. what a second team is for, right? Yeah. Are a lot of those guys, is this their first game getting extensive minutes with two, though? Just out of curiosity. Like For three of the players, it was uh, Julio Cascante, uh, Dideron Espria, and Jack Barnby. Oh, okay. And the first two played in the first half. Jack Barnby played in the second half. He was the only one that had any influence because he both earned and converted uh, the PK that T2 got. Nice. That's not that much. I thought it was more. Well, I mean, the other guys like Ababasi and Langsdorf, they are first-team contracted guys, but they're going to spend their entire seasons with T2. Nice. So, I mean, I consider them T2 players that can just go up and play a OUS Open Cup for the first team or so if they need to. Um, so those guys don't count. I mean, it's good to see these guys getting goals because that only that just looks good for them as far as trying to make the first team at the end of the season or the off season or just you know making that next step. I want to see those guys score goals. Uh, Portland really decided to make it interesting slash quote unquote entertaining at the end and let RGV uh, get a PK and there was a little uh, kerfuffle at the end and uh, both teams ended with ten men. Mm. Uh, in the end, the T2 getting three goals in 12 minutes was enough to get three points. Yeah, very nice. I really like Jeremy Ababisa. I think he's great. He's not quite MLS level yet, but I think, you know, the more reps he gets with T2, the, the better for him. Yeah, the more goals he scores, the more confidence he gets, and then mm -hmm. it's going to work out great for his MLS career. Yeah. Um, he probably should have gotten more minutes in his rookie year with uh, with the first team, um, more than just 317. This season, with the attacking depth on both sides, both the first and second team, I think he 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 should get lots of reps with T2, probably the entire season. Um, and if he can bag you know double digit goals, that's probably gonna be really good for him. Fresno two, Tulsa also two. Um... Back and forth match. Um, I, Fresno probably wishes they would stop drawing and start winning games. 
Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, two red cards in this one. Well, these are, I guess, yeah, two more red cards. The the West very much likes to set a trend for the week and follow it. Um, especially when it comes to discipline. So yeah, the uh, West the West is very. They like to foul. They are not disciplined at all. Pretty much no. a lot of different. A lot of the teams, they just go in hard and and crazy and sloppy and rack up yeah. those cards. It's really bizarre compared to the East where you have, you know, obviously there's a certain team in Pittsburgh that's very organized is a word that a lot of people use. Um, you know, things like that. It's just very strange. Um, but yeah, 2-2, I, th- I think, uh, you know, Fresno will be a little hard done to just keep drawing everybody. I think they, they honestly deserve at least one win um, that they didn't get this year. This is probably one they'll look at, you know, two points lost instead of a point gained. Um and you know, John Bacaro scores in the 90th minute and steals a point for Tulsa. And Tulsa's on the upturn just a tiny bit. You know, they didn't they win or did they? Is this their second draw in a row? But they're not losing every game suddenly. So I'm, I'm sure. hoping this is uh, good news for them at least. Yeah, it's their second draw, and it's also their first um, goal since they gave up um, two in the final two minutes against Real Monarchs on March 25th. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then we have a uh, Sacramento Republic 2, Colorado Springs switchbacks 1. Um Kamawasa and Villian Bejev, I think. Villian Bejev. Okay. Close. Close. Oh. I could have done worse. Um score uh, scored in the second half to win at Shane Malcolm open things for Colorado Springs. Um I think on the road, this is an, uh, a harder game to stay in front of for Colorado. Um, I, I think they'll be a little encouraged that they were able to get the lead in the first half and, and hold it off for, um, you know, what, uh, almost 40 minutes. Um, but, you know, one of those things where, again, you know, Sacramento just showing that they have a little more quality, I think, than Colorado. They keep winning by just one goal, I feel like. We're getting a lot of these results, and I know Pony, you know, you have to say it. Pony's been saying how their conversion rate is a little too high, or maybe their expected goals has been a little um, closer than it should be. And so we keep looking for a downturn on Sacramento, and they keep pulling out these games. So I don't know if, Ryan, do you have any thoughts about their stats lately? Yeah, I mean, uh, Sacramento are now one of seven teams that have scored in every single match they've played, but every single result oh they haven't they have yet to score more than two goals in a match and every win has been by just one goal whether it's been two one or one nil oh so it definitely just seems that they find a way to just earn results out i think one of their strongest results has to be um earlier in the year where they beat orange county a one nil on the road or or potentially even that one result against las vegas could actually be Hmm. seen as a decent outcome but it just seems like they continually find ways to just churn out results they're currently beating the league in points at the moment as well at 14. that's the kind of team you worry about in the playoffs right those those teams that like you feel like maybe shouldn't be winning as often as they are but always seem to churn them out those are the ones you worry about i I think early in the season the only thing not that it's a bad thing to have but the only thing that it really impacts this early um, and I'll I'll have to stop saying that when we get to you know double digit weeks I suppose, but the only thing this really affects is playoff seating I think. Yeah, uh, like the fact that they basically, not that they stole a win against Orange County, but the fact that they've been able to do that and seemingly no one else has pretty much is is huge for them. 
um, even just for a confidence thing where they can look to, you know, the schedule and go, all right, well, we already beat these guys. Why don't we just, you know, do it again? So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they kind of fizzle out at all or, or, you know, stop getting maybe as lucky as they are. Um, but, you know, for now, that's those are points that you'll happily take. Speaking of points that you'll happily take, man, uh, Ottawa Fury won North Carolina. Um, Again, North Carolina probably not happy about this whole week. Given the first points to Toronto FC of their season, you know, early and then late, you only, you know, later on in the weekend, you only come up with a point against Ottawa. Um, you know, Ottawa's a, a tougher place to play. They actually have a, a little, you know, a solid fan base. Um, not that TFC2 doesn't, but I think... Um, you know, Ottawa has a little bit more of a of an identity and stand out a little bit stronger. Um, so it's a little harder to go in there and play, um, or it should be. And I think Ottawa would be smart to kind of make um, TD Bank a, 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 or TD rather a bit of a fortress. Um, but North Carolina, you know, not happy with how this went. I'm sure. No, I mean, I definitely wouldn't think so. They should have gotten at least more than two points out of this. And Ottawa's the one team in the USL at the moment that have yet to lead at any point in a match through the season. And granted, they've only played four matches, but oh, I've, and going back towards NCFC, I mean, they've actually all played the three other NASL survivors this season in Ottawa, Indy 11, and Tampa, and has only gotten one point with them with losses to Tampa Bay and Indy 11 prior to the season or prior to this match. Mike, we we drag on about Ottawa and North Carolina a good bit. Um, what are your thoughts as someone that's not here every week or even just as a fan of the Riverhounds? Like, what do these two teams present to you in terms of threats? Or, you know, what do you see from them that you're, you're a fan of? I mean, I was a bit surprised because we played Ottawa last week. So not this past weekend, but the weekend before that. And in my mind, you know, Kevin likes to make the joke on our show that they're a Canadian team. We should just beat them. Like, that's just how it goes. And so mm -hmm. I, I don't have very high expectations for a team like Ottawa, but, um, you know, they did come into Highmark and we beat them one nothing. Um, they have the potential, I think, to be a better team than obviously what the record shows with them being in last place in the East. Right. Um, in my mind, you know, North Carolina is one of those teams that I don't follow too closely, but I always just sort of expect them to be in the mix. Mm -hmm. So to see them currently sitting at 12th, which again, we're five, six weeks in, um, I think is a little bit against what I would have expected. Um, and especially to go, you know, on a road trip, face the last two place teams in the East and, and just get two draws is not what I would have expected from North Carolina at all. Right. So, um, yeah. Penn FC in there now this is I, I love to rail on about this on Twitter but in their in their packet so every people that they might not know um, every team has a media packet that you get at games every week yeah. um, it's one of those things that's required so the home team and the away team both have to to give you a media packet and in there it has you know the club history all the players on the roster um, for the MLS two teams, it has literally everybody that plays professional soccer in the organization. Um, yeah. Pronunciation guides, things like that. Um, just general stats, everything, you know, pretty much what you would expect out of a media guide. Um, I mean, you could find them all online. Penn FCs has that this is their first year. 
which which confirms that they are completely ditching the Harrisburg City Islanders thing. Which <sighs> which a I vulgar word you guys because that's a travesty to Pennsylvania soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, because prior to the season, that was the longest running professional team in in the state, uh, hands down, easily. Um, and I I would think, and this is just me with a personal opinion. So if he doesn't feel the same way, that's great. But the guy that's now your your technical director and, and former head coach Bill Betcher, who's been there since the beginning, it's a bit of a slap in the face. Um, so I, I get that that brand wasn't super strong or anything like that, which is why you changed it and became FC Pen FC since uh, Stopwatch FC or whatever. Um, but Pen like 15. Pen Fifteen, <laughs> right? Yeah. Ooh. Hey, now I'm getting excited. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But um, I, I just, I, I can't, I just can't. Like, I don't, I don't understand why that was such an important distinction to make, and why you would throw away, especially in a league that's so rapidly changed since even, you know, I, I always say this, but even since 2015, when Steele and, and Cincinnati and all those guys came in, like, why you would just ditch that heritage when that means so much to those other clubs, like Charleston, like Richmond, like Sac Republic, like the Riverhounds. You know where where they keep that, and that's a big part of their identity. So it's 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 baffling, and I'm sorry I went on a tangent. We're supposed to be talking about a match, but it's just one of those things that pisses me off to no end. And or before we get to the match, and they were runner ups of USL Pro to Sacramento in 2014. Right. So it's not they have recent history in the league. It's not like yeah. they're playing off of stuff from the mid 2000s. Right. Well, they don't now because they got rid of it. So. um yeah, I mean, I listen. If they if that's what they want, then I can you know we can do that. We can completely ignore all the history, I suppose. But, um, is, but it, is it what? It sounds like that's what ownership wants. But it sounds like the fans, like we've talked to a couple people, and they're like, "Look, it, it, they were called the City Islanders because they played on City Island." Like, they still do. Yeah, exactly. So there's a history to it, and and to just. It, there, there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do a rebrand, yes. and I feel like you know. Not to to our own horn, but because I wasn't behind it uh, at early on, but I thought the Riverhounds did it the right way, and and Penn FC are just the complete opposite, um, and it's it's a shame because you know when you're losing teams like Rochester because of financial mm-hmm. reasons, here you have a team that can stick around and keep that heritage, and instead they're just ditching it. it there's no hope of them like moving up to MLS. This isn't like a play to get more fans right. To, right. to to make that run. So what? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm done. No, I no, agree with you. I, you're, you're right. Should, should we charge them a littering fee? <laughs> or a littering fine? Or just really throw in their history in, in the gutter? Uh, it does feel like, though, exactly what you said, Mike, where it feels like ownership kind of came in and they don't know the history of the club. They don't know what USL is about or what it's like. See, but I, I, don't, I don't think it's that they don't know. I think it's that they literally don't care. Because if they didn't know, they wouldn't have kept Bill Betcher on the technical staff. Well, I don't know about that. I think they were right? smart enough to not totally hit restart on the players in the in the thought process, at least. And I think we're seeing that that is paying off just a hair. But um, I mean, it just I mean, how often do you see you're picturing to me? I'm picturing this old white guy coming into this office being like, I own this team now. Here's the logo that we're going to roll with. Mm-hmm. And here's. 
this guy who I just hired is going to type up the media packet. Mm -hmm. He's going to say this and that, and this is going to happen. And it's just like all these uneducated decisions where no one's allowed to use the number 15. (laughs) (laughs) Get the point. Oh, right on. It feels like they're not, they're not well informed and not doing it right. Kind of like Mike said. Anyway, um, uh, until Guerra scored a goal in the 77th minute, and then Ken Tribbett hits a goal of the week somehow. But not this is I did I was not blown away by anything Ken Tribbett did when he was with the Union or Bethlehem. I mean, he had a good season, um, but I think he's a great USL pickup. I didn't know he could hit a bicycle kick like that, but he did, um, and he steals a point for uh, for Penn FC in their first game ever. <laughs> <laughs> There, see, it sounds stupid. It's so I'm glad. Stupid. Tommy Eineman did not feature in the 18 out of protest for them uh, dropping all their history. Um, wouldn't plot, that be awesome? Wouldn't it? The <laughs> plot thickens. I don't know. Yeah. What's his kit number? I actually don't know. I, forgot. <laughs> I saw it last week and I don't For remember. Cincinnati, it's called Appeals Court. Uh, <laughs> anyway, hey, speaking of Cincinnati, uh, Mike, you guys, uh, you guys went in there in the Nippert Stadium. Mm-hmm. The famed Nippert Stadium, mm-hmm. home of all that attendance mm-hmm. and Jeff Burning's money, all of it, all yeah. of well, not all of it, but a, a good chunk because they're using some of it on a lawsuit. But that's neither here nor there. And uh, you guys got a, you, you had the lead for like a for a while, mm-hmm. uh, but you end up with a draw. So I mean, third party perspective, that's a lot better than a lot of teams do there. So I don't think you should be too, you know, upset about this, but man, what a, what a performance for you guys and what a season so far. Yeah, honestly, I, we talked about it on our show last night. I think I've never come away from a draw feeling more optimistic Mm -hmm. and more of a sense of pride in a team. And when I, when I say that, I know it sounds like I'm saying, well, they went into Cincinnati and they got themselves a draw and that's proving something. Um, but actually it's, it's completely the opposite of that. It's the fact that, you know, Lily goes in and you look at just the starting lineup and it's like, what the frig is he like, mm. they play, he played Thomas Van Kiesel, who, you know, just last week was playing as our number 10. He started him in the middle of the center back group. And, and you're like, what is, what is he doing? Like Lily's just messing with people's heads at this point. So for us as fans trying to predict what what's actually going to happen, we just it's like throw the cards in the air because there's there's no idea. You have um, the unpredictability of an MLS two side. It's wonderful. I, yeah, and um, and you know Alan Koch said as much. I guess at hmm. halftime he said I you know they had to throw out their entire game plan because they yeah. thought we were going to come in and do something, and Lily was like, nope, going to do something else. And <laughs> Lily has 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 built a team of. Um, professionals who are, you know, we keep using the word disciplined and they can play pretty much any role that he asks of them and, and execute his game plan. And honestly, that first half was just, it was all Pittsburgh. And, and if it weren't for, you know, to sort of, you know, since he, since he did, you know, to their credit, um, the fans got back into it coming into the second half, but it, it, it honestly was a chess match back and forth. You know, uh, since he adjusted, we adjusted back since he adjusted um, this team. I think if, if this game happens three or four weeks down the road, I think the hounds walk away with a win um, easy since his second goal was basically a giveaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toby Adewale went to clear it um, inside the box and he put it right to the foot of, uh, of Walker and Walker just had to, to hit it home um but uh yeah i mean it, we keep seeing 
a completely different lineup, uh, completely different shape every single game. And it's just clear that Lily's going into each game knowing exactly what the other team is going to do and has figured out ways to, to nullify it. Is that, I mean, that has to be his plan, right? Yeah. Because for how many years now it's been, this is Lily Ball, this is what they're going to do. And I mean, to the guy's credit, no one's been able to stop that either. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's what he did. And now he's going, okay, well, what if I did this? And what if I do this? And and it, it's almost like, you know, he's had, it, <laughs> in some cases, you know, years and years and years of footage on teams. In other cases, it's it's okay, well, they just play like their MLS team, so maybe he looks at footage from the MLS side or, or you know, what have you, or he knows that, you know, these two teams are just going to kind of try to play their style every week and he can adapt to those. So I, I wonder in a way if, if, if Bob Lilly is literally forming his lineup like the day of the game and going, okay, well, this is going to work because they don't know how to stop this because this is how they play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's he's... Playing to other teams, which is usually such a dirty thing to do in, in soccer, and you always hate, like, coaches are always like, well, no, it's just whoever can execute the best. Bob Lilly's going, okay, well, you try to beat me when I do this. Like, mm-hmm. he's he's thinking a step ahead of everybody else, and I, I can't believe him. I'm, you know, not, not I, I don't discredit the guy. I just don't think that he plays incredibly attractive mm-hmm. soccer until this year. And now it's, it's like something clicked, and he's, you know... Hey. To follow a question, Mike, is that like, um, would you say, do you think Lily perhaps is working with a more talented bunch and he feels like he's able to pull that off? Yes, I think it's a combination of things. It's almost like a perfect storm has landed here in Pittsburgh in that I think that Lily has always sort of had this ability. He just hasn't had the resources. And so he came to Pittsburgh and not that he has unlimited resources, but there were reports that you know, he was potentially given even more resources than he wanted. And he was like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm going to make this work with with what I want. Um, but his knowledge base, just from being around the league for so long, we asked him going into the Nashville game. We said, you know, how do you how do you prepare for a game like this? And, you know, just sort of like slyly, he was like, I know who their players are. Like he he's, he's been around long enough to know guys, know their strengths. He he just, you know, he lives and breathes the USL. And so mm-hmm. he's not playing and he's not coaching. He's watching every other team and keeping tabs on things. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an exciting time. Um, it's something we haven't seen in Pittsburgh in maybe ever. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I think we're most, happy about it. that match convinced me that Pittsburgh was definitely a top four material, possibly even top three in the Eastern Conference, only behind Louisville and Tampa. I mean, they've only given up two goals, which is, on the year, which is tied with Indy and Louisville for the fewest allowed in this conference. I just overall, I was very impressed with how Pittsburgh played. And they're still one of now two unbeaten teams left in the Eastern Conference this year. Yeah. And it's really weird to like hear people say, you're not the first person I've heard say that, Ryan, but like it's really weird to hear people say that off a draw. But I think if, right. if, if you actually watch the game and you sort of understand the game within the game, that's what's most exciting to me. And, you know, the stat that the Hounds only had like 36%, 36% possession in this game. Um, if you watch, it didn't matter. Like it was, mm-hmm. it, there was a completely different game going on that just the possession didn't matter. So it, it'll be interesting to watch, you know, moving forward. Sure. Speaking of moving forward. Tampa Bay Rowdies to Real Monarchs SLC nil in um, 
and I'm sure a bunch of teams would have something to say about this, but in what could possibly be a, a really good chance of being a USL final, the Eastern Conference comes out on top again. Um, Tampa Bay with two goals, Real Monarchs with not um, Joe Cole, Jersey Hristoff. You know, maybe if this is out in, in Utah, there's a different result here, but Tampa Bay, again, plays well at home and, and picks up a win. So, um, yeah. It felt closer than the scoreline when you Oh, for sure. Yeah. It was a fun one to watch, too. Kind of two teams doing their thing that you, you definitely respect what they do. I enjoy watching this. Two teams doing their thing, and, and like we said last week, this isn't a uh, a match that you see a whole lot. Right. You know, there's not a lot of where, you know, in MLS or other leagues around the world where ever, literally every team plays each other um, just because of the size of, of the United States and travel costs. It's it's not a thing that happens a whole lot. So kudos to both these teams for, I'm, I'm assuming, accepting this offer. Um, and, you know, we, we're spoiled for being able to watch it before the, the USL final, potentially. Would you guys prefer to see more cross-conference games like this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, especially with how big the league is now. And, and I think there's a lot of interest in like, I would love to see, you know, Louisville or Cincy play San Antonio, or I'd love to see Charleston and Sacramento play, you know. Um, I I agree. I mean, if with the with the team, with the, you know, unbalanced conferences and schedules and stuff, I think it's fair if you just do a home and away for every opponent in your conference and then just you know, then just start going and making offers. Well, who, who in the yep. other conference or maybe conferences in the future do you want to go out and play? Right. You know, right. And, and then you just, just fill it out that way. And watch everyone in the East rush to take on uh, Vegas or try to play Vegas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of a point I was going to make is that, you know, St. Louis, who's desperate to make the playoffs, granted, they did pick Swope Park as one of their extra opponents this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if mm-hmm. or not. But the other ones, I think Tulsa who is also close, so gas money again. But if you can eke out an extra win, perhaps, against a team mm. that hasn't been good historically, I imagine a lot of teams are looking for teams that will help them make the playoffs on top of that. So, All the more props to these guys for doing this because both of them were in, you know, e- very easily could have lost this game. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is the first time all year that Real Monarchs has been held scoreless in a match, and I doubt that will happen at – very few other Asians in the season, and also props to Georgie Harristoff earning his 57th goal in a Rowdy's kit. Yeah, is he in the golden boot race? I bet he is. He keeps scoring most if he's not now, he will be. But I think there's a couple guys in the Western Conference that are going to have him edged yeah, out, unfortunately. <laughs> no, the 57th goal, uh, tied, I believe, the club all time record, or did it break Sounds the right. club all time record? <clears throat> I watched that game too. So when he scored, it was a big deal for him. And, and, that's, yeah. and that's fantastic. You know, it's for that they, he can get that. Kristoff is currently tied for third in the golden boot rate, only behind Carlton, Carlton Belmore with seven and, and Evelson with five. Everyone's oh. going to be behind Carlton Belmore. Yes. <laughs> Including Something. the entire clubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The entire state of Oklahoma is behind it. Carlton Belmore. Hey. <laughs> Nice. Um, hey, Phil, you, you guys played, speaking of Oklahoma, you guys played Oklahoma City Energy and you beat them one nothing. Your boy Christian Valeski with a goal. Yeah, Valeski got a goal um, on, on a turnover. He was doing a really good job pressing in that game, and I've always thought he was really good at pressing high up. And um, something that to note about St. Louis in this game is that you're kind of seeing them develop an identity 
And two things that the announcer said at the beginning, I stole this from them. Um, and I added on the OKC game because they continued this streak. They have 390 minutes with one goal allowed and 220 minutes now um, without any goals allowed. And so you're kind of seeing St. Louis, um, they're fine with a one goal lead. They're happy to sit back and defend if that happens. Uh, so far, they haven't let themselves down on a one goal lead, I believe. Although maybe Fresno scored second. I can't remember. But anyway, they're happy to do it and they're doing a good job of defending. And you also kind of see this, this air of professionalism coming from them, mm. even from the warmups and and the way that they defend, you know, you were kind of watching this game with an OKC who's struggling to score against St. Louis, who is just absolutely strangling the attack. Um, you know, if that continues, granted, they haven't played anyone very difficult yet until this upcoming weekend in Swope Park. So nothing to get terribly excited about yet, but it's cool to see an identity emerging from Anthony Poulos and coach. Hey, Phil, you know who isn't struggling to score? Uh, you tell me. Mohamed Salah. <laughs> okay. And do you know where you could potentially buy a Mohamed Salah Liverpool kit? Uh, Please tell me which fan of his. It's uh, our our friends at Soccer Logo. <gasps> really? Now, I'm going to be honest. This is like my favorite part of the podcast every week because I, <laughs> I try to figure out a like a more obscure way to bring up that we are, in fact, uh, affiliate partners with Soccer Logo. Um, so shout out to my boy DK. Um, I love you. And uh, what you do, uslshow.com, and uh, right above, I think, our Patreon box, there's a box that says Soccer Loco. It's blue and orange and white. Or if you're colorblind, it's gray, gray, and gray. Um, and you can click on that, and then anything you buy there, not only do you get really cool soccer things, including jerseys and cleats and, and all of your soccer equipment and things like that, um, we get we get a cut of that. So that's really cool. If you guys want to do that, be sure to check it out. Um, everything you could possibly think of for soccer. And those guys will take care of you, and they will do it well. There you go. That was your mid-show ad read. Perfect. Well done. I know. And it's true. Like Musala's not hurting to score goals. He's he's very good. Yep. He would do very bad things to any team in this league. It would be entertaining as hell. <laughs> yes. Anyway, speaking of things that weren't necessarily entertaining as hell, Colorado Springs and Seattle Sounders played to a nil-nil draw. Um, and I hate that I feel like whenever we talk about Colorado Springs, we're always like, man, this was a boring match. Um, eventually, right. two more red cards. So yeah, the, the West the cards, Western man. Conference continues. Tons and tons of draws this past week and tons of red cards in the Western Conference. Yeah. Yep. Fun, cool. fact with, fun fact with the Western Conference, the top eight teams in yellow cards are all Western Conference teams. We have no discipline in the West. Well, I would you say it's the Wiki Wild Wild Wiki Wild Wild West? <laughs> I, I might go if, if I happen to have a movie contract for some Ooh. reason. Yeah, yeah. In the nineties, right? Mm. It feels like the West is super physical. Uh, okay, it's a different song. Really physical. I thought the exact same. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Come for the soccer, stay for the really bad references. Yep. <laughs> so much fun. 
Was that Phil? Was that? Was that? I'm sorry. Was that what you wanted to say? It is. It is now, right? You're just. I mean, I could like, say it in a longer fine. fashion, but okay. have, have I been ruining all your thoughts, Phil? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Phil, here, let me throw to Kevin about the Timbers two match where they played against Reno, and you can just talk for five minutes. It'll be great. <laughs> so, um, Kev, uh, Portland Timbers two one. Th- these are the worst. Portland Timbers two one. Reno 1868 FC two. So for those confused, the team that plays in Portland that are not the Timbers proper scored one goal. And the team that plays in Reno that decided to name their team after the year that the city was founded, I believe, scored two goals, which means they won. Kev, something happened that you said if it happened in our in our group DM that we have, you'd be very upset. And I will abscond myself from any criticism by saying I did not, in fact, vote for Danny Masovsky Mas- oh, yes. for player of the week, even though I really thought about it when I was writing my email to Nick Murray. And I went, you know, Kev would be really mad if I did this, but I didn't do it. <laughs> Yeah, he won Player of the Week, didn't he? The little, uh, is this a family? The, the very nice goal scoring boy, Danny Masovsky. Is that what you wanted to say? I'll, I'll tell you what, before I start going on a rant and probably yes. pissing off every Reno fan that listens to this show, uh, why don't we just go oh. over a game that you missed? Because I think Ryan really wants to talk about it. Atlanta <laughs> oh, United <I'm> 2 <laughs> versus Louisville City, and they drew 1 1. Because he actually copied it and pasted it right above in the notes. And copied yeah. it down in the I want to talk about it. I mean, we, should, we probably should. We should probably cover it. Because Louisville yeah, maybe. is a big deal, right? I don't think any of us thought that Atlanta United 2, who scored one goal, was going to score one goal and, and, and draw Louisville City away. Except they had they drew them at home. It I was interesting, huh? Yeah. It was Andrew Carlton's first professional goal, and I remember actually seeing his professional debut at MLS when he played the Houston Dynamo and nearly scored when he came on as a seven, like 85. But it was definitely an impressive showing for him, although he did miss a PK chance at 57. But Louisville dominated the shot battle for this match 22 to 6, with and including 7 1 in shots on target. And in fact, shocking that Atlanta with their you know, got the goal with their just one shot on target being that PK. Yeah. I want to say that I thought this would be a draw. I was a little surprised. I was just trying to be different. So I was a little surprised that I ended up being. I was gonna, So the Hounds face Atlanta this weekend. So, Phil, you saying you thought it was going to be a draw. Was there anything behind that other than you were trying to be different? Um, what, what, what gives you confidence in Atlanta? Atlanta, no, I don't know. I thought Atlanta might step it up against Louisville. And I feel like Atlanta is kind of similar to like New York like the Red Bulls too. They're mm-hmm. the same way where they'll have like crazy good attack one game and then it'll be pretty, pretty flat another game. And, you know, I was just hoping that if they were at home that they do. Okay. Stepping up to Louisville. Interestingly, think, their attendance is pretty decent where they are too. So yep. I thought that was kind of cool. I think he's implying that Atlanta United too don't, don't see Pittsburgh Riverhounds as a threat. So they're not going to get it up for your game, man. They might not. He's insulting your team. I, you know, whatever. They, I'm not too concerned because they they played tonight anyway. So uh, true. Yeah, that, no, that'll, that'll be their third game in seven in seven days. No talk about insulting teams. Now we can talk about Portland Timbers two versus Reno. If we yeah. <laughs> Real quick, I just want to say shout out. Uh, Andrew Carlton is like five years old. Yeah, and by that I mean like 17, I think, and he's gonna be. I'm. I'll be stunned if he stays in in the U.S. for a long time. I hope to be. I hope to be not stunned, and I hope he leaves as soon as possible. 
Get out. Get out while you can. Yeah, man. You don't deserve to develop in the United States where it won't really matter because you're just a really good player. Well, if you're going to go out and find another winger to take his spot, I mean, just get out. I can't wait for you to pair up on the other wing with Kristen Pulisic because you're so much better than Osmane. De- oh, wait, he doesn't play. Uh, who, mm, who did they? I don't Isaac, remember. Isaac have a crazy good game this weekend? Probably, yeah. He's going to be good, too. Anyway, so, uh, Andrew, because I know you're listening to the podcast, please go to Borussia Dortmund. <laughs> Great. Thank you. I know that's as easy as me saying that. So there you go. They'll be in the States this summer. You could just tag along with them. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Just join them there. Just hop on the plane in the in the baggage. I know it'll be a little tight and you're you're a child. So you only pay like half the fare. So it's it's great. You're fine. Hey Kev, what about that game? How's how was that? Not great. Uh yeah. Reno decided to insult the Portland Timbers by getting their first match of the season. I like I like Ryan's notes. Probably Reno's best match of the season. Well, it was their only win so far too. So there you go. <laughs> um, so they, relying. They they came in and they uh, they appeared to be very good at fouling without getting a card. Okay. Nothing was bad, but you know, like like we've been like we've already discussed, the West is a very physical place, and Reno was was right up there. Um, I can't remember exactly how many fouls combined, but I think it was close to thirty. And there was only two yellow cards, so one of the uh, l- lowest card count I think for West games this week. And um, yeah, it, it happened. And and I don't like Reno. I'll just say yeah. that. <laughs> Tell you what, the West is so wild. I think Kevin Klein is actually the president of it. I like I got it. I got it. Yeah, I got it. I know who that one was. Yep. Yep. Today's random 90s thing of the week, the movie Wild West with Will Smith and Kevin Klein. Do um, like don't Spider-Man. don't watch it. It's not what, good. But listen to more the popular, theme. Cause it, cause yeah, I was say, what's more popular, the song or the movie? The song. I think steampunks might like it. Yeah. Those, those steampunks. Steamy <laughs> 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 punks. USL 2020, the north dakota steampunks there we go i like it they, they all wear the goggles dude. guys that one that was your really good free marketing advice of the week brought there to you go. that was it evan Valella. i don't I care see the USL division three team i don't care if it's if it's a if it's a usl division two team i don't care if it's a usl division three team i don't care if it's usl box soccer team box soccer box soccer yeah, yeah like indoor soccer oh Got it. Well, wait, wait, did you think they like played soccer with a box? Like, what was it like BattleBots, but it's soccer? I need that to happen too. <laughs> I thought maybe Mike knew what you're talking about, and it was a I, Pennsylvania thing. I, I didn't know that. Now I'm hurt. Battlebots was crazy. It's fine. That's as great. soon as you yeah. mentioned it, Evan, now I need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have the four house robots on each corner of the pitch, and if you want to take a corner, you have to fight the house robots. And Matilda's your favorite, even though she's the least effective, because it's just a thing that looks like a rhino with a chainsaw in her butt. <laughs> <laughs> I picture you like, like, what was it? Eminem and Eight Mile, like sitting there, just like scribbling in a notebook on a bus. Like, I like, that's where these I, like ideas come up with from. my references you're like, before you're the like, show chainsaw starts. Chainsaw and a butt, and her name is Matilda. 
<laughs> no, no, Mike, listen. In BattleBots, the original show, the one that was in the UK, and then the first one, the first time they brought it over in the United. I know too much about this. <laughs> Tune in next week for BattleBots, the podcast, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network podcast. Uh, no, there was a there was a, a house robot in BattleBots, which was the you know robots that that didn't change every week, and one of them was named Matilda, and it was a thing that looked like a rhino or like a triceratops that had a chainsaw in its butt. Okay, I'll t- I will take your word for it. I think we're gonna tweet out a photo of the of matilda now from the show account and people are gonna be confused because i'll do it after we record so they won't know what's coming and i'll be like remember this and then someone will go yeah i remember and it'll be great <laughs> speaking of chainsaws in your butt phoenix rising 2 swope park 2 yeah <laughs> thank you this was not a painful well i mean it, maybe it was but uh this was the carlton belmar show kind of this game was good this it was, was really good it was fun to watch and i knew swope was good but i thought they were going to drop because a little bit because they got rid of a lot of those veteran guys who are scoring goals for other teams and uh put in a lot of younger guys and it doesn't seem to matter they still have the same system millions of short passes all over the pitch until they get that goal and it keeps working week after week after week it's really respectable what they're trying to do there and it's even more respectable that they're succeeding at it honestly i think so guys last year we we were always talking about oh romario williams is going to score so many goals that there's going to be teams that are going to have less goals than romario williams then the gold cup happened um, Carlton Belmar is not competing in an international, to my knowledge, in an international tournament of that magnitude this year. Um, so like he's gonna end up with more goals than at least like three clubs, right? At least he currently has more than thirteen other clubs. Yeah, but I figure that'll balance itself out at some point. But he might get a call up, perhaps to Sporting. I feel like he needs one, deserves one. He, he I thought he was signed to a first team contract. Yeah, I just mean he, hopefully he'll get some minutes with them. I oh guess. yes, yes, MLS minutes. That would actually be. I'd be interested to see that. See how he does in MLS. Yeah, that would be that would be the true marker of like, man, Portland, you really effed up when you missed when you missed uh, sent him off. You know. Yep. Or I mean, he may not do much up there. We'll have to see. I started to doubt him, but now I'm taking it back. His what was it? His second goal. Yep, that was crazy. The one where I was like, okay, maybe I was wrong. I'm not. That's a strong man doing strong man things and scoring a goal. Yeah, it wasn't just physicality. Right. Is is that the one where he kind of stole it off the back line and ran for it and? Yeah, yeah. He kind of stole it off the back line. A dude basically grabbed him and he just went, "Please stop touching me." Yeah, he just. That's what he does. Yeah. He even did that with T two. Like he was really good at just being able to like steal the ball off one of your defenders and then all of a sudden he's in alone on goal and he'll slot, slot up past your keeper. Yep. He's that's it's kind of his bread and butter. And he but even um, among that, like as that's his 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 90 goes to, he's getting a lot better, more well rounded as a player in itself. So mm-hmm. he's gonna he'll he'll probably win the golden boot. It'd be cool if he does. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch. And uh not to undersell or whatever, forget about Phoenix Rising because they had a great game themselves. I thought it was interesting that both teams seemed to lose the ball in their own half a lot mm-hmm. in this game, which mm-hmm. was strange. So that's something to watch. I mean, I feel like I want to see some team play one or both of these teams and really high press them like crazy yeah. just and get some turnovers. 
but and we had another stoppage time red card, which are my favorite red cards. Yeah, it was a silly. He deserved it, but yeah. it's like it wasn't any one crazy foul. It was just like ten million tiny fouls. Accumulation will do that for. Well, you. There was a lot of second yellows, honestly. I mean, it's both, true. It's true. That was a second yellow. But yeah, there's a lot of different second yellows. A lot, most of the red cards, I think, were second yellows. But yeah, they mm-hmm. all and they're all coming at so such late in the game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect it, but it does affect not having that player for the next game. Yeah, I believe uh, Chris Tierpak of uh, San Antonio's match against Fresno was the only straight red card that we saw the weekend. Everything else was second yellows. Yep. That one was pretty deserved as well. I thought. Uh, the battle of MLS two sides that we probably won't see for this is a, I mean, this happened last year too. Um, and it just works out the schedule where I think Red Bull and, and LA Galaxy one played each other, right? Yep. Something like that. Yes. Uh, Los Dos won. New York Red Bulls two also won. Uh, I I think this one honestly was Red Bull didn't wake up until the second half. Um, and what's his name? Uh, Rivas is yep. it? Carlos Rivas played for them and got kind of injured early on. He looked great at first, and he seemed disinterested after that, and then he kind of got yeah. hurt and was off in the thirty something minute. But um, boring game. I thought Red Bulls were extremely disappointing. Yeah. And I thought LA Galaxy, kind of like Toronto, I thought their young players were all really attacking very nicely. Maybe New York was doing a bad job, but uh, something to take of note, someone to watch perhaps. Um, 17-year-old, just turned 17-year-old, Ulysses Lanez. Um, he's an American winger playing for them, scored his first goal this year. So he's a young guy to watch as well. That I, I thought there was a lot of really good saves in this game, actually. I agree. I agree. So if you're into some really good goalkeeping, check out the uh, the highlights at least on this one for sure. And Red Bull are without a um any result or are without a win on the road this year. Do you think think that they could be much like Tampa Bay was last season and struggle on the road but completely dominate at home because they currently have three home wins and have scored twelve goals in their time at Red Bull Arena. I. They're just so wildly, and I mean, this is probably an exception and not the rule, which I think I'll, I'll say like every week this year, but um, I, this one's a little different just because they're way far away from home. This was in LA um, or Carson or, or whatever. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know if I'm looking at this and going, they're going to be terrible on the road, but I think at this point, it's just because they're so inconsistent week in, week out. Like one week, they'll hang five on Tampa Bay and the next week they'll get a one, one against Los Dos. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't be thrilled if, if it was happening to, to my club. It's true, but they do it every year. So it's true. It's very true. Well, except for the one year, they just kind of ran the league. <laughs> That's true. That was fun. In response to what so you fun. said, Ryan, I think they're just going to be like last year. I, I mean, I think you have a really good point that maybe they'll be bad away, but, um, you know, Two years ago was maybe a weird, awesome thing that happened with them. And then last year and this year, I think you're going to be pretty similar. Borderline. So a third consecutive Eastern Conference final appearance? Yes. Wait, Red Bull 2? Yeah. 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 Oh, geez. I forgot they went that far. Yeah, they do that. They barely slipped into the playoffs. <laughs> My bad. Good call. Not how you get there. Yep. Good call. Got by Charleston and Tampa and, and before falling to Louisville last year. I totally forgot that. You're right. So fun. It was so fun. 
Last game of the week. Fresno played San Antonio to a nil-nil draw. Uh, Chris Tierpak gets a straight red late. And um, sorry, Harry, but San Antonio FC has not scored the first goal in any of their matches this year. So this was the 10th draw out of 15 games in week six. Jeez. Mm, I mean, not only was the West uh, very red card happy, or I guess yellow card happy, and a lot of them turned into reds, uh, but man, the whole league just decided, let's just draw. <laughs> draw, draw, draw. It was an artistic weekend, I guess. I don't know. It's like Jason Mourinho directed the weekend. <laughs> yeah. That was good. So. That's it. Uh, we did have two games today, though, didn't we? Just actually... Before we started recording, Penn FC uh, played Nashville, and then Atlanta United uh, played Charleston. Yeah, from the Penn FC Nashville result, it was just very poor weather conditions on the night, but it was definitely a defensive stance, and and it just seemed like it was only right that the match would end in a draw. Thirty-seven total tackles on the night, forty-six combined clearances, uh, nothing truly concerning. Uh, seven yellow cards combined, and Nashville had a very low tackle success rate at fifty-two point nine in percent compared to um, Penn's that was up in the 70s. But it just seemed like it had draw written all over it. And Phil, I knew you predicted that one to be nil-nil in our uh, Pick'em League. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, way to start off week seven with a perfect perfect prediction. <laughs> what, guys, what, what is your take on Nashville? Like, are they a playoff team this year? I know everybody was high on them coming into the season. Do we think they end up above the line or below the line? They're currently eighth in the Eastern Conference right now, tied with Cincinnati and Charleston. I still feel like I, I need to see a lot more of them on the road, but they could definitely at least hang around that um, playoff line and maybe sneak in at like five through eight. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Ryan. They'll they'll be right there at the line, probably you know dancing both sides of it through the season, and they could they could go either way. I think. But they're 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 playing right now like they're gonna be mid table. I wish they could sign a new striker, you know, a striker that can go 60, 70 minutes every match and get a, a goal every second or third match. Um, I think Speedway podcast was talking about um, that. What's the British striker? I forgot his name. The forward. There's a lot of them. I'm can sorry. You, can, I'm be more, can I be more specific than that? I'm a, no, no, no. Marcus no. Rashford? They're starting Marcus Rashford? I'm getting uh, it wrong. I, it's not the British forward, but they were talking about one of their players who just can't, you know, he's having trouble getting completing passes, much less getting shots and, and shots on goal, and they're having trouble, obviously, with the attack. So it's yeah, rough. Sounds like a British striker. <laughs> it's a midfielder. Oh, I got oh, it right. Hotel. Maybe Maloto. No, not Maloto. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Yeah. I shouldn't have brought it up because I didn't yeah, know. Sorry. Right. No, you're cool. You're cool. Yeah. Um. You know, in their second ever game, it's a it's a boring nil nil draw for Penn FC. Also, in in what is one of his first appearances in USL ever, Rapapa Mensa played against not his former club see how dumb this is <laughs> see how dumb this is i mean i'm, I'm sorry <clears throat> it, yeah it is <sighs> he still hasn't started for them if i'm not mistaken and he Correct. keeps getting the goals so yeah. maybe give him yeah. a shot he's really young though i think that's the only thing he's probably better at the end of games too but still yeah, yeah. Give him a shot. 
Definitely a spark off the bench. Hey, speaking of results, we all expected to happen. Atlanta United 2-0, Charleston Battery 3. Which, yep. which, what's really cool about this is Atlanta United loanee Gordon Wilde scored twice for his parent club's ch- child club. <laughs> so Gordon Wilde scores twice for his step cousin's club. I like it. <laughs> yep. Right. And Ian Ventessen gets the opener. He's on the board. He is on the board. Did Did you see the opening goal though? Mm-mm. It hit the. Both posts and the crossbar. Oh, good. It wow. was. You go look it up. I mean, the, the yeah. game finished like just before we started recording, but it's true. It it hits the uh, right post and then the left post and then bounces up and hits a crossbar. And at some point in that sequence, I think it crossed the line. <laughs> awesome. It bounced out and the keeper caught it, but they called it as a goal. So it's hard to tell, but I'm assuming that it. it you know, it hit both posts and the crossbar, which is impressive enough as it is. As it is. Uh, but then at some point, also cross the line and goal. So, yeah, go check that out. It's uh, something you're not going to see every day. If you can, are we are we cool to move on and talk about ESPN Plus? Yes, I was about to yes. say, let's let's get into it. Um, How so we have a bunch of tweets. <laughs> yeah, we have a bunch of tweets. And uh, one of them was, I forgot to put it in here, but I think Harry Remencall he uh, he said that there were some uh, technical difficulties tonight, and yeah. I think I had trouble logging into that game actually. So, so that's the thing to say. Should we read some more? What do you think? Um, what it is? So let's. I mean, let's just get and and um, we appreciate all y'all for interacting with us. And like I said, it's weird because this is still early in the ESPN Plus, and I know they're working on things like they, you know, they have the Roku thing up now. Um. I agree with the accessibility is a big problem right now. Um, and I think the more pressure the USL puts on ESPN plus to say, Hey, you know, we would really appreciate it if, you know, like if you can get like league two and league one in the championship kind of sorted out and all those logos are correct. Like if you, if you can work with us a little bit to get all those. Um, and I don't know if that's one of those things where USL had each individual team put a logo. in. Like we don't know the, the back of house kind of things that went on. Um, so I'd be interested to see how that all works in terms of how ESPN grabs their, their logos. Um, but I will say for the, the technical issues and things like that, I think this is the best quality stream in terms of definition, like it's ever happened. Um, and I know there's some glitches and things like that, but I will be lenient in, in the first month or so, um, which is free. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. If you, yeah, I mean, if you already signed up for it, there's a good chance you caught it free. So that's at least good. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I think Harry's dead on. Like for five dollars, like that's yeah, lots crazy. Because if you're, I, I think for a lot of USL fans, they they do well, or for a lot of people that listen to our show, they are MLS fans as well. Um, and for five dollars to get that, and you get, you know. MLS USL and, and the English Championship, which is always entertaining. Um, you, you know, it's not bad at all. Without a doubt, Mike, you're the guest. I'd, I'd like to hear what you think of ESPN Plus so far. Oh man, um, we had a, a pretty lengthy discussion about it on Mongols, and I think that my standpoint is, I, I, I don't know if the USL is actually making out on this deal. 
mm-hmm. much as ESPN is making out on this deal. Um, and so I think for that reason, USL does have, or they should have a lot of leverage to try to get some yes. of these changes done. Um, I, honestly, I haven't had any issues with it thus far. I was actually away this weekend um, for the the Hound Cincy game, and I was able just to pull it up on my phone, no problems. Um, you know, Evan, to your point, the the quality seemed decent. Um, so I. I think longer term, there's a discussion to be had about whether or not this is the right move for the USL. And I know there's some people who are strongly for and against, but I think for right now, I'm in the same camp of, you know, let's give it a little bit of time and see how things shake out. And if if, you, if ESPN can't get their act together, then it's like, you know, you basically took a whole group of people who were getting a product for free and now you're requiring them to pay $5. So ESPN's making out on the deal. But um, just from a usability standpoint, I'm okay with it for now. I'm a, I'm very much a fan of two of the jokes we got. One is from friend of the pod, even though you hadn't heard his voice on the podcast, Ben Wright from uh, from Speedway uh, at B Wright SSP. ESPN Plus, more like ESPN Minus. And then um, Josh from Mongols, but boom, roasted. And I read that immediately in a Michael Scott voice. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Brandon at BREW, so Brew underscore Wallace said, love being able to get a hot USL threesome or even foursome going on Saturday nights. And um, I can't support that personally, but as a show, I can support that via a like on Twitter. So you'll never know who liked it. <laughs> Just saying. Um, I've, I've never actually tried to do like a split screen. Is that something that anybody here has done and watched multiple games at the same I time? I haven't. Uh, I, I have haven't played around with it as much as I want to. Not necessarily a, sp- a split screen, but uh, two games in two different browser windows. And then you know how Windows, you can like uh, yeah. put one window so it matches up in exactly half the screen, another one. And so I did it that way. And I was watching, um, God, which two, uh, two games on whatever, whenever T2 played Reno, there were two games going on before it. And I was watching both of them at the same time. And not, I mean, I couldn't listen to the both of them at the same time, but as far as watching them, there wasn't any sort of like lag or uh, cutting out. It, it ran two of them just fine. I know that Pony said he did something similar and only started to have issues after he started to add a fourth game. Yeah. How dare they? <laughs> after four <laughs> games. And I just set it, I set mine up on my Roku, which they added this last weekend, which was really, really smart of them to get that pushed out there as fast as yep. possible. A lot of yep. people use those. And, um, but I think the biggest complaints I've seen that like, I understand, cause this is what a lot of people rely on is, um, Connor Peckett. Um, he put that no PS4 accessibility yeah. makes me just want to go to a bar for away day games. And so that's understandable. And he was actually understandable with the rest of his suite. But, you know, that's a tough one. If that's all you use on your TV is a PS4 or an Xbox, um, you know, hopefully they're working on that. I imagine they are. Yeah. And that's one of those things like I would totally and maybe not Twitter. You know, Twitter might not be the best way to go about that. But I would definitely like just because I don't think the market research was out there. So I think it's one of those things where the only thing that you use is a PS4. Like go tweet them and be like, hey, you know, put this in an app because mm-hmm. the worst thing that happens is they go right all right we have you know we know at least one person wants to watch this on the app and i'm sure he's not alone so uh anyway guys we're running over so allow me to do the uh do the rundown here you can follow uh oh and actually let me introduce something and hopefully this will encourage people to interact with us i want to start doing a thing 
called Tiny Really Cool Moment of the Week. And what that is, this week will be a good example. I want either Academy things that happened that are really cool or like non-league things that happen that are really cool. So that being said, uh, this week's Tiny Really Cool Thing of the Week, and uh, I will tweet it from the USL Show account, comes via Atlanta United's Academy, where one of their U13 boys, Paolo, Pablo Villanueva, hit a goal from like 23 yards out, but like outside of the box. It's it's a it's probably like goal of the year. Uh, so let me tweet that out from the account now uh, with you know hashtags and things like that. And if you want to follow the show account, you can do that. We're on Twitter at the USL Show. We also have a website, theuslshow.com, and, and from there. Um, you can feel free to support us on Patreon if you do that. Oh my God, like you guys are crazy. So thank you. Which means you you very much enjoy the show. I just appreciate that a lot of people enjoy this show and listen to us and we can say, hey, what are your thoughts on this? And we have so many responses because that's awesome. Uh, if for whatever reason you would like to follow me myself or want to hear more of my voice at Valella BSFC, via Victor, I-L-L-E-L-L-A-B-S-F-C. Um, you can follow, let's see, we'll start with Ryan, um, at ILM underscore Ryan. He just tweeted out really cool pictures of the USL backpack making its uh, Manchester Mancunian debut, I think is what they call themselves, <laughs> uh, which was pretty solid. He's also in Glasgow and, and doing soccer things over there. So definitely check that out. Um, if you're like me and you haven't been out there yet, but you really want to go and get y'all some pictures, feel free to follow uh, Phil at uh, Phil Grooms, two L's, two O's as well as at STL soccer report. He is there as well. Um, good podcast covering all things St. Louis FC. Uh, who else? Big Kev. Uh, let's see here. K McCamish PDX is yep. where you can find him personally. He is also at, um, Oh boy. At play the kids, right? Or no, at PTK podcast. Yeah. At PTK yeah. podcast. At PTK podcast, which is his podcast called play the kids where they, him and, uh, and Josh talk about Portland Timbers too. Um, which is some good stuff. And then let's see. Uh, also uh, at Stumptown Footy, which is where you all do your writing things. Yep. Um, and then for Mike at Mike D Sparks, which is a uh, rarely used. Personal... I didn't think you were going to get that. Yeah. yeah. I got it. I did. Because I used it. it today. Yeah. Uh, and you can also find him on, you know, a little podcast covering the Pittsburgh River Hounds and one that kind of set the whole network in motion, but I'll never take credit for it. So Mike, edit this out. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I can finally Mon- respond, and I'm not going to. Yeah, go at, ahead. at Mongols <laughs> is the podcast. He's also uh, the uh, mastermind, I suppose, behind at BGNFM. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a strong word. All of us. Takes that's a of strong word. No, 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 no. That's that's definitely not how I think of it. You guys, Mike are Sparks out there. is the. Uh, mm-hmm. Look, look, no, uh, in all seriousness, because there's a uh, lot of people who reach out to me um, asking to join BGN, which uh, <laughs> you'll be hearing none more of them from get them later. No, 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 that's not true. But a lot of that is from like people like, hey, I was talking to Phil or hey, I was talking to Evan or hey, no I was talking to, to Kevin. To and so <laughs> honestly, I just sort of see myself as like the... Um, uh, like the RA of like this community, <laughs> and it's just like people keep coming in. I'm like, yeah, guys, oh, come God. on in. We'll just hang out, and then like everybody just keeps doing their thing. So no, I I can't take credit for any of this other than just squatting on the website and uh, and publishing <laughs> okay. shows from time to time. Awesome. Uh-huh. Sure, Mike. <laughs> sure. <laughs>
<laughs> Guys, um, I just want to point out before we wrap up that Mike Sparks is a chronicle liar and everything that he says is in fact wrong. And I hey, also just since like he fans out, will believe that one today. Uh, well, so we're we're in the same boat. Um and yeah, you know, uh none of us literally would be here with without his help and continued support. This is the last time I'm coming on this show. I'm I know. You know See, I'm going to talk him. I'm going to to sing his praises until he vows to never be back on the show so we can get rid of him forever. It'll be done great. and done. I'm going to bed. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Sorry we went over, but with the uh, group that we have tonight, that is always bound to happen. So, uh, you know, I appreciate you, uh, you sticking around for the hour and a half or so that we took up of your time. Hopefully your commute to or from work was great. And uh, if we uh, if we help you kill some time at work tomorrow, that's awesome too. Just you know, do your job, please. <laughs> Other than that, uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Don't get fired. Yeah, please, please don't. Get fired.